morning. Yeah, so good to see everybody. Hey, before we jump into it, thanks, B, for the stool. Hey, before we jump into it, I just want to say welcome to all of you. Thanks for joining us here uh, Sunday, uh, and especially if it's your first time, even second or third time. Hey, we're, we're glad that you, um, you know, carved time out of your Sunday to come and spend it here at Freedom Church. Let's say there's a Connect card out of the seat back in front of you. I'd encourage you, fill that out. We just want to tell you, give you a gift, tell you thanks for, for uh, being here with us, and uh, we won't bother you. We just want to tell you welcome. In fact, this is our welcoming committee, so come on, church. Can we let all our first-time guests know we're glad that they're here with us? Yeah, you bet. Fantastic. Well, Hey, listen, you've been, if you've been a part of this for this, uh, with us for this year, you know, we came out of the a January series called It's Time. And it's really just been about, hey, let's get off on the right foot. And it's been, we've been leading up to this promises series. And so I'm really excited about, uh, what, what's ahead of us, not just in the next few weeks, but I, I think for, for 2023, I think this is a, this is a year of great faith for, for us and for our church. And, and, uh, and so I'm really looking forward to this. And we got, we got some exciting things happening. Uh, this, this series, this Promises series, it starts next week. And I don't say this lightly. You know, I, 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 really, I really mean this. I think in the, in the end of this month will be two years for Freedom Church. And in, and in these two years, I believe that this next series has the potential of being the, the most impacting series that we've had as a church. I think, I think there's a series that could grow your faith. There's a series that, that's going to like give you, like, let's go to another level. I think this series could be it, but there's a qualifier on it. And the, the, the qualifier is you got to go all in with it. Like, it means, and it means you got you to be here, and then we're, we're going to have a book for you. And so and you got to grab the book next Sunday when we, when we have it for you, and then, and then you got to get in a group. And like, that's the recipe. And so it's like, can this be the most? It can be, but you got, got to put all the ingredients together. And that's, that's, where, that's where the potential is. It's right there when, when we put it all together. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. You're going to hear, we're going to be talking about that. That's going to take us all the way to, to Easter. And so it's going to be, it's going to be good. We're, I'm going to talk, I'll talk more about it at the end of, of today. But um, these last, last week and this week, um, we're not, this isn't really a series. If, if anything, this is just me going, how do I get everybody, how do we get prepared for promises? Like, what, what, do I, what is it that I believe really, God really wants to speak to us as a church to say, how do we go into this promises series prepared, ready for this to be all that it can be, all that God wants it to be for our lives, for our families? And, uh, you know, la- last week we talked about maintaining our spiritual momentum. You know, you don't, you don't have to, the, the, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the anticipation that you that you had at the beginning of the year, the enthusiasm you had for your about your faith, it doesn't have to fizzle out because the rest of the year is here and we're just kind of back back to the grind. It doesn't have to work that way. You can keep it. You you can take it with you. You can live out twelve months out of the year, you know, enthused and and excited about Jesus and about your faith and about what God wants to do in your life. And so and then this week I'm going to talk to you about hearing from God. How do you, I know we all have these moments where we want to hear from God. And specifically, I want to hear, we need to hear from God through other people. God speaks through, through uh, other people. Um, this isn't a surprise to you, but God, God's a communicator. I mean, that's why we got this right here. Because God, God was communicating with us. He, he, he's a communicator. And, and, and you and I, like, we're, we're recipients. Like we're, ma- we're, made to re- we're made to receive. Like we're, we're, wi- we're wired this way. And I really believe that God wants to communicate to us more than we actually want to hear from him. And that, that might be a surprise to you, but, but I really believe that that's true. I think for all, every one of us, we're designed, we've been made to hear, and we've been made to communicate. And specifically, 
with God. We've all had these moments. We've all had these moments. Something comes up. You need to hear from God. You need to, you want to hear his voice. I mean, it's like, well, I believe he's all knowing. I believe he, I believe he's with me and believe he's ever present. And if that's true, then my goodness, surely he's got something to say about the crossroads I'm at, or he's got something to say about my next season of my life. Like, I want to, I want to hear from God. All right. One of the things that I, this is just kind of off the cuff. One of the things that, you know, the way that God speaks to me, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I mean, that would be, that's cool if you have, but I've never been in that boat before. The way God often speaks to me is I usually get like that red light, green light, yellow light. Maybe you've, you've heard that before. Like that's how God speaks to me. I come to God, I bring him something. And there's been times I get like that very clear red light. This is not from God, you know, and then Usually my wife lets me know that's a red light, you know, that, that's usually because then, and then there's like the green lights. It's like, oh, this is definitely from God. Right. And then you get those yellow lights. And those yellow lights are those moments where you're going, you know what? This isn't quite as clear as I was hoping it would be. I need some godly counsel. I need some wisdom spoken into my life to help me clarify some of the things that are in front of me. I heard a story this this last week I thought is Funny story, I'll share it with you. Is, uh, this son, he's uh, 16, just got his driver's license. He was all excited about driving the family car. And uh, he goes to his dad. He's like, Dad, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to drive the car. And his dad looks at him. He'd been practicing a little bit. And so he felt like he could drive. But his dad looked at him. And he's like, man, that's a lot of responsibility. Like, you, you need some responsibility in your life. What about these other responsibilities? And he's like, no, Dad, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he's like, well, hold on a second. I mean, first of all, your grades. You got to improve your grades. And and he's like, and then, and then not to mention your room, man. You, you got to clean your room up. I, and I can't even see your face, man. Cut your hair. Like, and, and then on top of that, read your Bible. Man, you got some other stuff you got to get in order before you come and talk to me about driving, driving the family car. And so the son, he's like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll, t- I'll take that. So he does. He runs with it. One, two months go by. He comes back to his dad and he's like, listen, dad, I did what you said. You said, you know, have you, have you seen my grades? Man, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Have you, have you, have you seen my room? I, I picked up my room. I mean, my room's been clean for, for two, almost two months now. It, it's been, it's been going great. And I've been reading my Bible. Like I'm, it turns out I like the Bible. There's some crazy stories in here. I can't believe what I'm reading. This is fantastic. His dad's like, man, that is excellent. He goes, I still can't see your face though. Like you, you, you still haven't cut your hair. And he's like, yeah, dad, about that. Um, you know, I was reading the Bible and, uh, <laughs> Yeah. He's like, you know, Moses, he's like John the Baptist. I mean, they had some long hair, dad. And he's like, you know what, son, you got a great point too. They also walked everywhere they went. <laughs> Listen, you don't mess with a dad that knows the Bible. Okay. That's right. Dad knows scripture. Don't mess with him. That's the truth. Listen, we all need godly counsel in our life. We all need some godly counsel. In fact, this week, as I was kind of preparing and thinking about this message today, I was just reflecting on, on some of the mentors and other pastors, the godly counsel that, have, that has been in my life over the years. And, I mean, I just got so much gratitude that just wells up when I just think about that because it wasn't something that just started a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. That was something that began 15, 20 years ago where I just, I just think about people that have come into my life and, for whatever reason, now I, I didn't have anything to offer them, but for whatever reason, they just sort of like, they were people that were willing to invest in my life. I just, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude when I think about all those 
those people over the years, and even, even up to today, today, I, godly counsel that's in my life. One of the thoughts I had when I was thinking about that is I thought, you know what, you, you never actually mature past the point of needing godly counsel in your life. Nobody does. We don't, we don't ever get to this age where we're just like, I've arrived. I no, longer, I no longer need counsel or accountability or authority in my life. Like, I've, I'm there. And that, that never happens. But, but the, the reality is, is that for a lot of us, we don't actually have, we, we, don't have, we don't always have godly counsel in our lives. Now, I will say this. I think everybody's got counsel. Everybody's got counsel. The problem is, is that we're usually our own source of counsel. We're walking around all self-counseled everywhere we go. But we need, we need godly counsel in our life. Now, when it comes to hearing God, because by the way, that, I'll say it again. That's what this is about today. It's hearing God through other people. That's what we're going to talk about for the remainder of this. Now, when it comes to hearing God through other people, I think, I think there's some extremes that a lot of us tend to fall, fall in. There's just this sort of like one of two extremes. Here's the first one. We, we tend to... There's some of us that we, we tend to believe that God only speaks through spiritual leaders. Like a, only, only spiritual leaders. It's like, well, God will speak only through my pastor or that guy that I like to listen to on TV or this one over here. Or the book, he comes out of the new book. I read that book. Like that's where God speaks to me. We almost have this like, I call it the Moses complex, right? It's like I'm waiting for Moses to go up on the mountain, have his face-to-face encounter, come back, tell me the will of God and the heart of God, and then I can, then I'll know what to do. That's how God speaks, and that's just not true. John 10 says that that the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. That's you, that's you and me. So listen, that that that's not the way it works anymore. You're not looking for me. I need it sounds kind of neat, but it but it's not. It's like I got news for you. I didn't go to the I didn't ascend the mountain this week and have. Like, I hope I share something new with you today. I hope I, I hope I, I am able to teach you something that maybe you didn't see before. But the, the idea that I, I somehow ascended the mountain and now I've come back down, that's just not how it works. I'm not Moses, and there is no Moses anymore. It's not how it works. There, is, there isn't one. And so that, that's, the, that's the extreme. God only speaks through others. Here's the second extreme. God always speaks directly to me. That, that, that's the other, that's the second extreme. We got this idea. It's like, well, I know God. I've known God. I've, I've got this experience. So if, if that doesn't resonate with, like, I know God. I got to relate. So if he didn't speak it to me, then it must not be God. Right? Well, if, if it's God, he'll tell me because I got that kind of relationship with him. And see, that's not, that's not how Paul saw it. Paul didn't see it that way. See, Paul said that we see dimly. He said we only hear in part. And th- this is Paul, by the way. So you got to put this in perspective. This, I mean, if there was ever a giant in the faith, it's Paul. This is a man who had visions. I mean, Jesus, like literally, he had an encounter with Jesus. Like he came to him. I mean, if anybody's got some credibility to say, you know, God speaks directly to me, it's Paul. But look what he says in 1 Corinthians 13. You can follow on the screen behind me. He says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. When we, shall fa- when we shall see face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Here's the truth. If Paul says this, if this is true for Paul, how much more true is it for you and me? It's true. And so we need, we need people in our lives. We need people, we need godly counsel, specifically godly counsel from people who are following Jesus. Because it's really it's real easy to go, well, I got my friend. We've been friends for years and they're a good person. 
Well, they, they might be. They, they might be a decent person. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. It's like, well, and then we have that random person where we don't have any relationship with, but they seem to have like word from the Lord for us on a semi-regular basis. It's like, well, hold on a second. We need, we need people in our lives who are following Jesus, not just from anybody. And, and hear me, I'm not saying that God loves these people any less than he loves you and me. What, what I'm saying is that unless these people love God more than they love you, they're not a good source for godly counsel. That's what I'm telling you. So the, the extremes here, right? God only speaks through spiritual leaders. Well, that's wrong because we have the Holy Spirit. Well, God always speaks directly to me. I don't, I don't actually need anyone else. I've matured to the point that I don't need counsel or authority in my life. Well, that's wrong because even Paul recognized his need for other people. So, so what's the balance then here? What's, what's the answer then? How do, you, how do you live between these two extremes without kind of falling over into one? Well, here, here it is. God will speak to you, but we need godly counsel to bring wisdom when we cannot see in full. You, you, need, you need the outside voice. You need an outside voice. Before we jump into the rest of this, what do you say we pray over the rest of our our morning here together, and then we jump into it. Okay, Heavenly Father, we just we give you this time here. The rest of this service, we give this to you, and we just invite you. We come to you with open hands, open hearts, open minds. And we just recognize, I know for all of us, we, we come in here each week. We bring in, we bring in our, our perspectives. We bring in baggage. We bring in weights from the week. We, just, we all got stuff going on. And so we come in here this morning, And we just recognize that your Holy Spirit is able to navigate through all of that. And so we invite you to do that. So whatever it is that we're, that's preoccupying our minds this morning, we just, we invite your Holy Spirit to kind of cut through it all. Cut through it all and speak directly to our hearts exactly what we need to hear so that we can take a real tangible step toward Jesus today. We give you the rest of this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. That's right. Very good. I'm so, I'm so thankful again for the godly counsel in my life. I, I'm telling you, I, I just, there's something about having some, an outside voice who can kind of, you know, they're not, they're not all wrapped up in the middle of it. It's just, you know, you've been, you've, you've been that person where you're on the outside of it. It seems so clear to you because you're on the outside of it, you know, and, and when you're on the inside of it, it's just, there's just something about it. You got the emotions and you got the desires and you got the fears and you, there's all these things and you need an outside voice that can come along every now and then and provide some godly counsel. And again, I'm so grateful for the counsel I've had in my own life. There's another story here I'm going to read you. This is at a Exodus 18 where, where Moses, this is a story about Moses and he, he had some, he needed some outside counsel too. Before I read this, I'll set it up for you just a little bit. Here's Moses. He's, he's just got this mandate from God to lead the Israel, to lead the, the Hebrew people out of bondage, out of Egypt. And so he does, and he leads them out there. And now they're, you know, the whole Red Sea, all the plagues happen, the Red Sea happen. They're out in the wilderness now. And so, some scholars believe that he led up to two million people out into the wilderness. Like, it was a lot of people. So whether it's about 500,000 or two million, I think we can all agree. This is a lot of people, okay? This is, this is a lot of people. And so here he is out in the wilderness. And, and if you could just imagine, okay, this is Moses, all right? This is the one God raised up to call down plagues, okay, over 
the most powerful nation, like Egypt at that time. And then, and then he's the one that stood at the Red Sea and everybody thinks they're going to die. And he sticks his staff out and the Red Sea parts. I mean, if there was ever a giant, like these people are looking at Moses. So if, you, if this was the guy that was leading you and you've got some stuff in your life and you need some counsel, who are you going to go to? I don't know about you, but I want to go to Moses because I know he's here. <laughs> I know he's hearing from God. I want to go to Moses. Well, got news for you. So did everybody else feel that way. They all felt that way. And so here's Exodus 18, verse 13. You can follow along on the screen behind me. He says, the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all the people stand around you from morning till evening? So here's his father. Jethro is his name, by the way. So here comes Jethro. He looks around and he's just, he can see very clearly, this is not sustainable. It may, you may be capable in the moment for doing this, but that doesn't mean you should be doing this in the moment. That's what he's telling them. Look how Moses responds to him. He says, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Of course they do. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Look what Jethro says to him. He says, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You got to admit, that's bold. That's, not, that's bold. There's not a lot of people I don't think in Moses' life that are willing to come up to him and say, by the way, what you're doing is not working. It's not going to work. Let me give you some advice. Clearly, there's a relationship here. There's clearly a relationship here. Look what he says to him. He says, you must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they're to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Now, when you read scripture, if, you, if you're familiar with the story of David, David gets the, the title of the man after God's own heart. Moses got a different title. See, God actually calls him the most humble man that ever lived. The most humble man that, that ever lived. I mean, he, and this, this is a man who spoke face to face with God. Like, and I think you need to understand, like face to face with God. Like he's up on the mountain and he's, he's having this encounter with, with God. God speaks to him like a friend. In fact, in fact, God's almost like reeling over the fact that the, the Hebrew people are not responding like they should. And him and Moses have this interaction where, where God actually says he relents based on Moses' urging toward him. Like, I don't know about you, but that's, that's quite a relationship with God. And yet, he still needed godly counsel in his life. He, Moses, still needed godly counsel in his life. Let me give you a little extra insight. It's not even part of this. You, because he was so humble. Like this is, this is a picture of quality leadership. This is, this is a man who knows God. And let me show you another mark of a man who knows God. Exodus 3 and 4. 
You go all the way back to when Moses gets his mandate to follow God, the burning bush. Y'all know that? Y'all seen the movie? There's a burning bush, okay? Yeah. Here, here he is at the burning bush. He's up there. He's speaking to God, and they're going back and forth. And Moses like, I can. God says, yes, you can. He says, no, I can't. He says, stop talking like that. You're going to do what I tell you. Like, it was like this whole interaction with him and God. And it was, it was back and forth for three and part of four. And then you get to the end of it, and they get done at the burning bush, and What do you think Moses did? What do you think the first thing Moses does after he has this burning bush encounter with God? I'm sure we all think he just left and went to Egypt. He didn't. He went back to the person who had spiritual authority in his life. He went back to the person who had authority in his life. He went back to Jethro, the man he worked for, the man he respected, the man he had relationship with. And you know what he went back? He says, will you allow me to go? This is a man who just got done talking with God. God told him, you are going to go. He goes back to Jethro and he says, can I go? Am I able to go? And Jethro says, you may go. Go in peace. I'm telling you, there's something to this. This is a man who knows God. He recognizes authority. He recognizes this, even after a face-to-face encounter with God. So I think we can all agree. We want to hear from God. I think we can all agree. Yes, I want to hear from God. I need to hear from God from God. And and God speaks through other people. And I think we're all agree. We can read this and we're going, yeah, I I get it. God speaks through other people. So what are some of the reasons we're not hearing from God specifically through other people? I think the the easy reason is that, well, we just don't have any Jethro's in our life. We just don't have anybody in our life that that has permission to speak to us this this way. There's a couple other reasons too. You ever run around somebody who's just kind of prickly? You know what I'm saying? You're just kind of like, I don't know if I really want to talk to them. They're just kind of like, they seem like this could go either way. You know, based on my, my conversation, you know, I don't know. You're just kind of prickly. You know? Nobody wants to be prickly. See, one of the things that this is probably the biggest, biggest reason right here is pride. See, pride creates this. Pride. It's just like those moments where we don't really want to let down our idea, our opinion, our experiences. Our, like, we just got an idea. Like, I, well, I, I've known, I've been, I've had, I've, and it's just like pride sets in. And we're not hearing God through other people. And we get kind of, kind of prickly. This is Proverbs 18, verse 1. It says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. You know, it's interesting when it comes to godly counsel. You know, we get something going on in our bodies. We're all, we, we want medical counsel, and then rightfully so. We want some medical counsel. Maybe you come into a little bit of money. It's like, you know, I want to make good decisions with my money. And so, you know, I need some financial advice. I need financial counsel, right? rightfully so. But for some reason, it's like, you know what? I want to make godly decisions with my, with my life, with my marriage, with my kids. It's like, you know what? I got that. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I think I got that. We, we do this. We, we sort of like, we just kind of think we got that part of it. Look at Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Every one of us needs people in our lives who will be really honest with us. We need some people who will be really, really honest with us. I got a couple of people that I like to listen to specifically when it comes to like marriage, okay? So 
happy marriage, happy church, happy pastor. It kind of all just goes together. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's good. Okay. So, so I got a couple of people I like to listen to and to talk about marriage and stuff. And I was listening to one of them. And he was giving this story. It was kind of like sharing his story about his experience about this marriage conference he went to. And he's telling this story. He's like, yeah, my, parent, my wife's been, she was bugging me to go to this conference for a few years, listen to this for a couple of years. And she says, I fi-, he says, I finally went. So I went, I bought the tickets. I, you know, I flew down there. I bought the conference tickets. I got there, spent two days, hotels, food, the whole thing. Came back and the guy interviewed me and says, well, what did you learn? He says, man, I got to the end of it. And the, only, the thing I learned was I could have avoided all of that had I just been listening to my wife in the first place. <laughs> I thought, wow, I was like, no, that's hilarious. And I was like, wait a second, Sean's been thinking about it. I gotta think about this. Honestly. Maybe that's for me. I gotta think about that for just a second here. It made me think, it made me think of the story. There's this thing that my wife does every now and then. Well, maybe, maybe we go out to like a crowded restaurant or something. It's right at the crowded restaurant and you know, lots of people, and man, we're sitting there and we're just kind of I'm a people watcher. So I just kind of I'm just kind of observing. Just kind of looking at people, you know, doing one of these every now and then. And then every time my wife, she reach over and she kind of like, you know, squeezes my leg. And my, my first thought when something like that happens, I'm just like, man, there's going to be revival in the Wenna's household tonight. <laughs> like, this is good. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, hey, B. And I started to look over at her. And, and then she's got this look on her face and she's like, your face, your face. And I'm like, what, what? What's going on? See, I have this habit of wearing my emotions on my face. And so she's like, you're looking at that guy across the room. You're telling him he's an idiot without even saying it. Like, your face. I'm like, oh, oh, goodness. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Whoops. Uh, no revival in the Winnis household that night. But thank God for some godly counsel. Okay, I got some godly counsel coming my, coming my way. Yes, yes. Here's another reason. Here's another reason. Pride is one reason. Here's, here's another reason we don't hear God through, through other people. Bad experiences. Come on, you have some bad experiences. In small groups is probably the lowest hanging fruit. When we start talking about people have some bad experiences, right? Some of you are smiling right now. You're like, oh, yeah, that's me right there. I can see it. Yeah, bad, bad experiences. Listen, don't, don't cut your future short based on, based on somebody else in your past sabotaging it. And, and, and that doesn't just apply to small groups. That applies to a lot of things. Like, don't, don't, don't just shut people off. We do this with church. It's just like, well, I've been there. I got on a team. I've been there. I listened to that. I took the challenge. And I remember what that guy did. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Don't let your past sabotage your future. Like God, God wants to speak something fresh to you. He wants to do something new in you. And, and listen, you've all heard it before. It's cliche. The whole statement, you know what it is. Don't throw the baby out with the... That's right. That's right. Like, don't, don't let bad experiences ruin your future. By the way, when it comes to small groups, I'll take any one of you on with bad experiences in small groups. Okay, I'll take anybody on. We'll get done with service and we'll just share some bad stories together. It'll be fun, but I'll win. I guarantee it. And now I'm up here telling you to get in the group. Okay, so take it from me. Okay, I'm telling you. Here's what else I'm saying. I'm also saying that, that not all counsel is equal. It's not, it's not all equal. Like, just because someone's willing to talk to you. It's like, well, we, we've been talking for years. Well, that done, that's not the qualifier for someone to speak into your life. Just because you work with someone. Just because you share a cubicle. Just because you see them every morning. Like, maybe they know your family. Maybe you know them. But that's not the qualifier 
for someone to be able to speak into your life. Like, not all counsel is equal. So that begs the question, what, what does qualify someone to speak into our lives? What, what, are, what are those qualities that, that, that allow people to, to, to speak in our lives? Here's Psalm 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Here's it. People are not following Jesus. They may have good advice from now, from time to time now and then. I'm not saying that. There might be some, some good counsel there every now and then. I, I'm not saying that it's like somehow, unless you're in the church, it's like you don't have any good advice. That's not, that's not what I'm telling you. What, what, I'm, what I'm challenging you with is, is I'm saying, do they really understand God's perspective on your life? That, that's what I'm trying to say. Do they really understand God's perspective toward your future? This might be a curveball for some of you, but see, listen, monetary gain is not always God's will for your life. It's like, I'm at a crossroads. Do I go there or go there? Well, what pays the most? I got news for you. That's not always the way God works. That's not always the way God works. Like, I, I wouldn't be here, by the way, if, that's, if that was the standard that I had lived my life. I wouldn't be here. Like, I wouldn't have, I would have taken different paths years ago. That's not the way God works. So, again, do, am I listening to people who actually understand God's perspective on my life, on my future? What about my marriage? Do they really understand God's perspective on my marriage? Or are they just projecting their failed marriages and their current failure and all their insecurities that are wrapped up in marriage, and they're just kind of like passively projecting that on mine? Do they actually understand God's perspective? All they say, what about my kids? Can I just tell you right now? There's this like narrative that somehow it's like kids become teenagers and, and they're just, well, they're going to rebel. Oh, and then we just pray and hopefully they come back. It doesn't have to be that way. It, do, it doesn't have to be that way. I'm not telling you I got the secret sauce right now. and like, here it is. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be like that. I said, are, you, are, we, are we getting counsel from people who understand God's perspective on our life. You know what a beacon score is? I'm sure some of you, you know what a beacon score is, right? So it's this, it's this way, it's this sort of index for how we rate somebody's, you know, quali- you know are, are, are they trustworthy with, with money, essentially, and credit scores and different things like that. They're all kind of determined based on this, this beacon score. And it, it takes several things into account, and companies look at this, and it determines whether or not we can trust organization, individual with, with finances. How trustworthy are they? And I, and I just think, when I think about like something like that, like a, a beacon score, I think, I think maybe we start checking people's spiritual beacon score before we start receiving advice from them. Like we just start like, take, let's take a little bit of inventory before, before we start going, you know what, I think this is a good source of wisdom. So what, what, what is the source? Like what, what are some of those? Like if there wasn't the proverbial beacon score for, for, for somebody's spiritual ability, you know, ability to give us godly counsel, what, what would those things be? There was, a, there was an older gentleman I used to be in my church years ago, and I remember he, would always, he, was, a, he was like one of those like serial business you know, owners, and he owned several businesses. He was always investing in other people. And he always had this like saying, he, always, he would always say like, I check the fruit. He'd always say that, check the fruit. So whenever he was considering investing into somebody, he'd always say, I check the fruit. That's what I do. And I said, well, tell me, tell me about some of that fruit. And he'd say stuff like, oh, you know, he said, and this was the first one. In fact, this is, this is the first one up here. Integrity and honesty. Amen. I'm not saying perfection. I'm saying integrity and honesty. There was only one person that was perfect. 
That was Jesus. And our imperfection put his perfection on the cross. And he took it for us so that we can be made perfect in him. So that it ain't perfection. It's not perfection. It's integrity. Integrity and honesty. And I think about my friend from years ago. And I, and I just think if he, if he were up here and if, if I could channel him for just a moment, I'd say this. Be a fruit inspector. Like, like, like start, like check the spiritual fruit. And you need to, you need to understand this. There's a difference between gifts and fruit. They're, they're not the same thing. It's real easy to get all mesmerized and, and all infatuated with gifts. Oh, we love the gifts. I'm not talking about gifts. I'm talking about fruit. Boy, they may be moving in the spirit, but I don't care about that. What I want to know is, do they have love and joy and peace and patience in their life? I want to know about fruit. I don't want to know about gifts. In fact, I don't really want anything to do with your gifts until I know that you actually got some fruit in your life. Be a fruit inspector. Here's another one. Integrity and honesty. Here's another mark. Spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. Like someone who's who's walked this out a little bit. Someone who's kind of walked out the, the, the pathway. I don't have to tell you this. Fruit doesn't grow overnight. You put the seed in the ground, those roots got to go deep, the trees got to come up, the branches got to go out, and then the fruit comes. And that takes a little bit of time. That doesn't happen overnight. Be a fruit inspector. Like, we got we to gotta look at it. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Look at Proverbs 11, verse 14. It says, where there is no guidance, a people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there's safety. There's safety. Like we, you can, I got news for you. We can avoid hasty decisions. I mean, I've made my own fair share of hasty decisions. And like, I'm sure every one of us has. They're, they're avoid, like we can avoid hasty decisions. We can avoid emotional reactions. We don't have to live our, our life that way. From time to time, I get people that'll come to me and they'll say, say, hey, pastor, I got something for you. God was speaking to me this week and I had something I wanted to share with you. Or I even had somebody show up on the doorstep here in the middle of the week one time and just tell me, I was praying this week. Never seen this person in my life, by the way. I was praying this week and God led me here and I have a word for you. Really? Uh, and I, let, let me just tell you right now, I'm extremely leery of anybody that wants to come and tell me that they've got something that God is wanting to say to me from, from them. I'm extremely leery of that. You want to know why? Because I'm a fruit inspector. Because I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know what kind of fruit you got in your life. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who you are. I'm a fruit inspector. I want to see. I want to see what's going on here. Listen, there's, there's some of you, there's some of you in here, you, you've been, you, you know me personally, there's some of you in here I've known for years now. You've seen, you've seen my kids, you've been around me with my wife, you, you've been around me with my friends, you've seen me when I'm all the, when my guard is down, like, and it's like, hey, be a fruit inspector. And get, guess what? Being a fruit inspector is born out of relationship. It comes out of relationship, knowing people in your life. So again, I'm leery, I'm leery of these things. Why? Because, because I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. And I, I, I'm a fruit inspector. And I want the people that speak into my life. I have a relationship with these kind of people. And so should you. These are the kind of people that should speak into your life. People you have relationship with. See, people who live this kind of life where they're, where they're full of integrity and honesty. Right? They have some spiritual maturity about them. See, they, they have another, they're, they're, they have another thing that just kind of comes with is it's called accountability. 
And it just, it, it just comes with the territory. Like if, if, you're, if you're full of honesty and integrity and, and your spiritual maturity, you'll have accountability in your life. And like, it just kind of comes with the territory, typically. And so what are some characteristics? So again, you want to hear God through other people. These are the kind of people we need in our life. And so what are some characteristics of people who have an accountable life? Because this is who you want to hear from. Well, here's, here's one. Here's a characteristic. Somebody who has an accountable life, they're humble. They're humble. I, we've been talking about Moses and Jethro. I need to think about that. Jethro comes to Moses. Moses, the one who stand, stood at the edge of the Red Sea. This is Moses who knows God face to face. Jethro comes to Moses. He says, I've got advice for you. And Moses listens. He listens. Listen, when was the last time God spoke to you? Like that. He never spoke to me like that. Yet he did for Moses. And Moses still, listen, listen, none of us want to be prickly people. Nobody wants to be that kind of a person. Like Nobody wants to be that person where, where people are walking up to you and they're always just kind of like measuring. Like, do I? Do I engage? Do I not engage? See, here's what happens, especially if you're a leader in the room. If you're a leader, you have responsibility, people, people that you have responsibility for, coaching people, whatever that might look like. If, if you're in that, if you're a prickly person, see what, what begins to happen is people will only, they'll engage you based on the amount of energy they believe they're going to have to expend to engage you. They won't want to come to you because it's exhausting. Is it worth it? They begin to manage you. Nobody wants to be, nobody likes to be around prickly people. And I know none of us want to be prickly people either. Here's, here's one way you can avoid, by the way. You want to avoid being a prickly person. You want an accountable life because not only do we want to hear from people who live this kind of life, we want to be these kind of people, do we not? Yeah. Like this is the kind of person we want to be too. You want to know how you be? This kind of a person, you need people in your life that you can look at and you can say to them, speak into my life. Like they, that you can say that to them. Hey, speak into my life. I trust you. In fact, in fact, let's, let's just do that right now. Let's get you, some of you have never even said it. Let's just all say it together. Let's say speak into my life. You ready? One, two, three. Speak into my life. Yeah. We need people we, that are trustworthy. People that, that fit the bill here that we can say that phrase and, and honestly speaking, I mean, right here, you're, you're at church and you, you carved out time on a Sunday morning to come in here to listen and, and, good, and good job and keep gum, coming and keep, keep doing this. And this is, this is necessary. And we're told to not stop doing this. I mean, yeah, you, you need this. But can I just tell you right now, this is kind of like the easy part. Because you can come in here and you can, you can hear what I'm saying and you can leave here and be like, that part was good. I didn't believe that part. I don't agree with that. And you just kind of walk in, walk out and, you know, just kind of take what you want, leave behind what you don't. It's, e it's easy to do. And I know people, we, do it every, we do it every week. I'm, I'm confident of it. You come in here, you're like, well, that wasn't your best one, Pastor. Better luck next week. It's like, <laughs> it happens. It happens. But see, it's a lot different when you've got personal relationships. It's a lot different when you're in a group you got to look somebody eye to eye, face to face. And they say something, they give you a challenge, and they have something for you because they know you and they love you. In fact, they love God more than they love you, and so they're willing to say these things to you. Now, it's a little bit different then. This is why, by the way, groups are important. 
This is why it's not just like a program that we do. I think it's, I think it's absolutely essential to every one of our spiritual growth. You want to get closer to Jesus? I got news for you. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens with other people in your life. And the best way that we know how to do that as a church is to say, hey, get in a group. That's what it's about. Get in a group. Grow. We're all in a group. Me too. All of us. Here's Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Here's the last point. Last point for what's an accountable life look like? And I think here, every one of us, we want to be like, you need to be teachable. People who speak into our life, they need to be, they need to be teachable people. People who can be coached up. People, you need to be somebody who can be coached up. We want to be coachable. Everybody, everybody been a coach? Many here been a coach? I don't care if it's a little, little kid's team or not. You been a coach? Yeah. You don't even have to be been a coach. You've been a player on the team. You got that teammate or that kid on the team, and he ain't coachable. And that's miserable for the teammates. That's miserable for the coach. Like, nobody wants to be around somebody like that. That's not an accountable life. I mean, I don't have to tell you. It's, it's almost cliche, but it, it's true. I mean, there's a, there's a Super Bowl today. It's supposed to be the best players in the league on, on either sideline. And guess what? They got a lot more than one coach on the sidelines. There's a lot there. People speaking in their lives, constantly teaching, constantly coaching, giving an outside perspective. And we need that in our lives. Everyone, your spiritual faith, your, your, your spiritual growth, it ain't any different. You need, you need an outside voice. And so that's the question. Are we open to being coached up? Are we open to that? And if you say, yeah, I'm open to it, well, let's take it a step further. Who is it then? Yeah, I'm open. Then who is it? And by, I'm telling you, saying we're open and then actually having somebody who can do that, those are two very different things. Very different things. I can think of times in my life <laughs> where I've had some coaches in my life kind of say some things to me where I was going, well, that's not what I was expecting you to say. And I'm not sure I like it. But it was good. It was good for me. I've all been there. So who, who is it? Yeah, you're willing. Who is it? Here's what I don't. Here's, here's a trap I don't want anybody to fall into. Because you hear a message like this, you may even see people around you. You see some people around you. You're like, man, they got that. I see that relationship that they have. Man, that's special. I want something like that. Man, they got somebody that they can count on. They've got a, they've got a mentor in their life that cares about them. I want that. Why don't I have that? Boy, I've been in this church for so long, and ain't nobody got a relationship with me like that. Why is that? Can I tell you this? The people that, that are qualified to speak into your life won't speak into your life until you give them permission. The, the kind of people you want to speak into your life, listen, you can't wait for them. You got to give them permission to speak into your life. That's humility. That's somebody who's got an accountable life. Even for me as your pastor, you know, I don't just walk around and declare myself as pastor over everybody in this community. You know who I'm a pastor of? Those of you that have come into this church and decided, you know what, I'm here. This is my home church. I went to Growth Track. I'm a, I'm a member here at this church. I go, okay, see, now you've given me permission to pastor you. It's the same way. You, you need godly counsel in your life. You're wondering where it's at. I'm just going to say, we're going to pray here in just a moment. We're going to ask God to reveal some people in our minds. Hey, who is it? Who is it that I can go to this week and give permission and say those words we just said together a few minutes ago? Speak into my life. 
Like, who can we go to this week? You with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for growing us. Thank you for this next season that we're going into. We, we want to come into this next season ready, prepared, hearts open, ready to take a step closer to Jesus. And so for all of us here, we know you want to speak to us, God. You want to speak to us more than we're even prepared to listen. And so you want to speak to us through other people. And so we just ask as a group right now, we're just all asking together, reveal to us the people that are in our lives, the people you've put in our lives to speak godly counsel, to speak godly wisdom into our lives. Who are those people? Who is it that we can go to and we can say those words this week, speak into my life? Who can we say that to? Thank you, Father, for growing us. Thank you for giving us the boldness to not just be encouraged in a moment, but to walk out of here transformed, to take a real tangible step toward Jesus. It's in your name we pray.